They say you should never judge a book by its cover. Well, you also shouldn't judge someone until you know their story. So my wicked awesome sisters and I are coming together to tell ours. Sharing our story isn't an excuse. It's an explanation. And now, Wicked Awesome Sisters Podcast. Last week on Wicked Awesome Sisters. I think at the end of the day, like she never really showed you what real love is. She never showed you what a real mother's love is. And so even though she gave you glimpses of it, I think you guys all kind of longed for more. And that's where I think your Stockholm syndrome type thing comes into play. But I think it's totally natural to still want to protect or, or love her. Well, why don't, I mean, why don't you guys just describe Myra then? And now the continuation of our story. She actually reminds me so much of you, Ashley. Like when she is sober, she is so fun and like, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. She's a very artsy person, very theatrical. And she is great to be around. She's a great time. She'll make you laugh off your ass. But when she isn't, when she, like I always called her come down because when she comes right off these drugs, she is. It is the worst three days of your life. That's right. Like I remember being a child and being scared, like hiding behind furniture. So like she wouldn't see us because like if there was a speck of dirt on the floor, she would lose it. I just remember like being so terrified of her. I remember Echo cleaned the whole house as a kid. Echo was like five years old and she made muffins for us. There was crumbs. And she woke up from like her six day slumber and beat the shit out of Echo. I remember being so terrified. She hated Echo for some reason. Like Echo ruined her life. It felt like I just remember like she was not a person that you want to be around when she was on like her come down. But when she wasn't, she was just so much fun. And she, everybody gravitated towards her. Like everybody loved her for some reason. No, I mean, I agree. It's unfortunate for Echo and you, Autumn, because before Eric was murdered, Myra was a very, very different person. She was still very much on a downward, you know, spiral for sure. I mean, she had Eric when she was 15. So she wasn't exactly, you know, Mother Teresa. But no, but she was a present, active mother. Why don't you kind of talk about what your childhood was like before Eric died? Because I think you got two different moms in one. I did. I did. So I was, let's just say this. I was my mother's only planned child. So when I was born, I was her baby. I was her everything. And I mean, growing up, I had Eric and of course we, there was issues. My mom and dad would fight and Eric was my safe place. I would run in and climb in bed with Eric and, but it was never hostility or anger towards Eric and I, it was always Myra and Tim fighting. And then, um, shortly before Eric passed away, Myra started seeing Jack. He had money and he was like, I didn't know, I was so young that I didn't know what an affair was, but you know, I had this guy that my mom was just hanging out with who would buy me all these things as long as I didn't say anything to my daddy. And I was like, cool, this is great. Well, then Myra ended up getting pregnant with Echo and still everything was good. Like Tim thought that, you know, this was his baby. Everything was whatever. So Echo comes along and Eric adores her. And for some reason, 
that's when Myra's downward spiral really started, I'll say. Because she was, you know, getting high and doing everything. And I think that in a way was a little bit envious of Echo because Jack was obsessed with Echo. And I think it took a lot of the attention away from her. And then we had this tragedy with Eric dying. And Myra was about four months pregnant with my brother. And we didn't know the sex yet. Yeah, we didn't know Lee's sex yet. And Eric, all Eric wanted was a brother because he had me and Echo. And he, as much as he loved us, he just wanted a brother so, 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 so bad. Well, Myra didn't find out the sex until after Eric was murdered. So she got in in her brain, I I guess, I mean, obviously when you lose a child that way, I I can't even fathom it, what your mind goes through. But in some weird way, she thought that Lee was Eric reincarnated when once she found out that it was a boy. That idea and that obsession, she became obsessed with Lee and the girls were just, forget all of you. Like we we didn't matter anymore because she had Lee and that was her baby, whether it was Eric reincarnated. And then she got really, really bad on the drugs and really just mean and abusive. And she would say, I mean, me at eight years old, she would tell me, like, I wish it was you that died instead of Eric. Just mean for, like, the littlest things. Like like Autumn was saying, the crumbs on the floor. She just, and she started using more, and it was, like, an all-the-time thing. It was, it was a very rare occasion to see her sober. And I ended up moving in with my dad. Well, he got a paternity test and found out that Lee and Echo weren't his. So they split up. And my mom at the time was pregnant with Autumn. So I ended up going and living with my dad. Life was definitely not perfect there either, but it was a completely different world from Myra's world because I wasn't getting beaten for breathing the wrong way or mentally told I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, it went from being when Eric was alive and before Echo, we went on vacations. She was like, so present she was i wouldn't say the best mother but she was a mother like she was a good mom and then a flip just switched and she went from being someone that you would i mean not obviously if you could pick you would want somebody better but if you could pick your mom like she was somebody that would you would want to be your mom and then it turned into how can i get away and i couldn't get away fast enough there's a couple of things i want to touch on like the vacations like i cannot remember a family vacation prior to Eric dying that my brother, me, my mom, and my dad did. Remember when we all wore the matching, the matching outfits, the American flag. Yes. And that's my thing is not, I'll I'll definitely post that on the socials if I can find it because it's a real treat. I think I have it Uh, somewhere. But all of my family vacations, all of my memories from childhood, like when I wasn't in school or doing like the normal day-to-day stuff was with you guys. I loved Aunt Myra. I had, like like Autumn said, she was so fun. And my mom was a working mom. It's not that my mom isn't fun. I mean, you guys all know her. She's crazy. Like we love, you know, hanging out. She, she'll do anything. She's hysterical. But she just- She's a good the, version of Myra. She is, yeah. But she, you know, Myra was just, she's such a loose cannon in general, right? Like you just yeah. never know what's going to come out of her mouth, what she's going to do next. And as a child, I remember just loving that. And I remember she would take us camping. Like my mom's not going to go camping. Even if she had the time, my mom is not a camper. 
like she would take us camping and actually she was pregnant with you echo when we went camping i will <clears> say with jack too jack loved eric and eric loved jack like they had a really great bond and i think eric had a great bond with tim too but i feel like i think what you hit the nail on the head there amber i think when Jack came into the picture and Jack is giving attention to her other kids. It's taking away from Myra and Myra's a narcissist by nature. So, um, I definitely agree with that, but I remember after Eric was murdered, she spiraled fast because I remembered, I just remember being at the house after the funeral and all this, and she would not come out of her room, which she's a grieving mother, right? Like you would expect that, but then it just kept on going. Mind you, she's got a one-year-old, which is Echo. She's got you, Amber, her surviving child. And then she's pregnant with Lee and she's not doing anything. And then Autumn, when you came along, I always felt really bad for Echo because Echo basically was your, your parent. At, at a five, at five years old, Echo, I saw her like cooking for you guys and cleaning up the house. And I mean, that's not what a five-year-old should do for their siblings. I am so grateful for her because I I was the only mother figure growing up that I ever had. I always looked up to Echo. I appreciate her. And I tell her all the time, like, I'll text her randomly. Like, I really like appreciate what you did for me as a kid. I wouldn't, I probably would have died of like starvation or something if it wasn't for Echo. Echo took care of us. Like, I remember being a child. Myra was gone probably for like a month. Like, we hadn't seen her. She, you know, she just used to disappear. And our dad, Jack, did not cook. But Echo cooked like this soup in looking back, it probably wasn't like a, a quality soup, but Echo was probably 10 years old. And I was like, I love this. Will you make it again? Like, please make it again, please Echo, please. Like begging her to make this. It had like peas and like bow tie pasta noodles in it. Like it probably was just like something that she threw together so we could eat that night because like our dad ran out of money to feed us. Echo sacrificed her whole childhood to raise me and our brother and then when it came to like our little siblings them too and then when she left like I took that place because that's what the oldest girl always did like they took the place I remember Echo sacrificed her whole childhood for us and like I could never say thank you enough because like I said I'd probably die of starvation or something because my room would leave for weeks at a time like she had a boyfriend that lived near the beach and she would just go to his house and like not tell anybody where she's going our dad would call people up and be like uh, do you know where she is? Trying to search for her. I, I just remember that. And I couldn't say thank you enough to Echo. I mean, I love you guys. So obviously I wasn't going to let you starve. Like I learned how to make my signature dish at, you know, a very young age. Is, that is, your it, the bow tie? is, it, is it the bow tie pasta with the peas? So honestly, what I think Autumn is talking about is I used to make tuna casserole. Oh, and- yeah. It had peas, tuna, and cheese, and bow ties. And I don't eat tuna at all anymore. I don't eat any seafood. I'm traumatized. But yeah, I mean, I would make hot dogs. I would make macaroni and cheese. I would make ramen noodles. I would make, I like learned how to make eggs. I like, Jack would make, he would make hamburgers in the microwave. Oh my and God, so he would so put a raw piece of like raw hamburger meat in the shape of a burger into the microwave he put it on there on high for 10 minutes and when i tell you that thing was so fucking nasty so gross <laughs> i remember being traumatized from microwaving anything because jack our dad he would microwave literally this is how we made pasta like spaghetti he would microwave meat throw a thing of it had to be ragu always ragu and i hate ragu 
It would be ragu, microwaved ground beef, and just like the noodles were never cooked either too much or not enough. So like it was the grossest thing ever. And so now I'm like traumatized by like ground beef. I don't ever really eat it. And I just remember sitting there and he'd be like, oh, just taste it. It's delicious. I can picture him saying that too. <laughs> and he would be like, the greatest in the world. This is the best pasta. I got this recipe from Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and that's how our dad was. Like, I'll be the first one to say, like, I cannot say a, a bad word about that man. He he loved us the best. Like he loved us more than anything in the world. He would take a bullet for any one of us. I'll say, like, he was not like a, a realistic person for sure. Like, he had all these wild ideas and everything. And I think that's why him and Myra got along so well. Like, they were just, like, dreamers. Now that I'm older, like, I think that he did the best that he thought he could do for us. But he was still so in love, like, infatuated with Myra that, like, he didn't want to hurt her feelings either. Because they split up when I was eight. If you had asked him if he would get back with her when I was 15, he'd be, like, in a heartbeat. He loved her more than he loved anything in this world. It was crazy. Everyone did. And even when they split up, we used to joke and call it brother husbands because they all (laughs) were in and out because they all were so in love with Myra. And they all lived together. And they all lived together. And it it was because Myra had some weird control over all these people. Like, I don't, I don't know what that woman was doing or what, I mean. Voodoo. I always joke around. Like, she had to have, like, a spell over them or something. These people loved her, and I just don't get it. There is nothing appealing to me about someone that cheats on me, beats the shit out of me. That does not, is not appealing to me. But my dad was, when I say obsessed with her, obsessed. Like, until he died, he paid her bills. Like, he gave her money every month. Like, she would knock on his door at 2 in the morning, and he would be like, do you want to come in and sit? Like I, but he would tell all of us, like, I hate her so much. Like she's the worst. Like I want you guys to get away, but she would come knocking and be like, Oh, what can I do for you? I yeah, love that's you. How she, that's how she was. She's like the master con artist too. She really like, is. She, she literally could like all, all of these men, she had them out of the palm of her hands, like whatever she wanted. Now I'm not saying these are like, not necessarily all of them, the kind of men that like you would, want eating out of the palm of your hand but for her you know it was someone to do her bidding for her or to do to give her money or to do whatever you know was striking her at that moment but I will say I kind of get it because like I said Myra was fun and I remember even when I was in college you know my birthday's in the summer so all my friends were gone you know I had nothing to do and she invited me she invited me to come hang out at her house so I was really excited I don't know where you guys were because I showed up, I went there, but in the like 45 minutes, it took me to drive from my apartment to Myra's house. She had decided she was going to get totally high on crack. She turned a perfume bottle into a crack pipe and was trying to hide it from me. Like it was the most disturbing experience that I had ever had. Cause I didn't see, I wasn't exposed to that type of stuff growing up. And she was evil. Like she was mean. She was, like having like, like I was so excited because I was going to hang out with my Aunt Myra. I was going to, you know, have my good time. And I get there and she's like tweaking out. She's like rocking back and forth, you know, smoking out of this 
perfume bottle, hide it behind her. And then a cute one, I'm like, what is that? Like asking about it. She gets mad at me and yells at me. And then she gets into this man- mania where she starts turning her records on and she's like blasting the music in the living room. So she was oh. on like day two. I'm telling you, she was on like day two or three. She was not, she was not sober when she called you. Yeah. Day one, she's paranoid. and She's looking outside the, she won't come out of her room. She's like the looking out the blind. She thinks someone's living like in her attic or someone's living in her underwear drawer. Like somebody's somehow contorted themselves to be small enough to fit in her underwear drawer and she stays real? in her closet for oh. hours she will hang out and you have to you everybody knows how small her closet is it's probably like a, a five by five room she'll hang out in there for hours just like looking for people inside of shoes i remember she would like take the soles up and look in there to see if there was someone in there and i remember in the, the kid shoe? just in a shoe. Yeah. I remember I was probably fifth, 14, 15, and I had friends over. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. She comes in there and she's like, who are you hiding in here? And I had friends over from school and my friends had never met her. I remember being so embarrassed. She picks up everybody's shoes and starts looking in there. I never had people come over ever after that. So, I mean, like she was just fucking crazy. She was. She was insane. She... I mean, she still is. She's like, she's like come to like, she said that she's stopped smoking crack and that she's like not no longer using drugs, but she's still living in the same house. And she has uh, multiple, multiple people living in there. One of them being Tim who actively (laughs) use drugs. And it's just hard for me to imagine that if you're around people using drugs, that you're not also using drugs. Yeah. Birds of a feather flock together. Well, Lee's girlfriend the other day told me that Myra got some sort of settlement that's supposed to be coming in because, you know, she's a con artist. I don't know how she gets all these settlements, but she's she always so happy. She will she sue anybody. But what Lee's girlfriend told me was that she wouldn't help Lee out in his situation right now because she's getting off probation soon and she has big plans to get real high. Is this going to be the time she finally smokes herself to death? Because like that's maybe why she gave um the whopping twenty dollars first thing she's ever given to him. Oh, she sent him twenty dollars too. Yeah, she did. Wow. She called and texted me probably like a thousand times on the day of my wedding. Like what? He like you didn't have better things to do than sit there and <laughs> things out with Myra at the time. He called me probably like I think I deleted. I I don't ever listen to her voicemails because I think she's absolutely crazy and I don't want anything to do with her. But I listened to one voicemail on our honeymoon when we were on our honeymoon, and I was like, oh, she was very manic and crying. She was happy when she first talked to me. Starts crying. Then, like, happy again. She's like, you are my golden child. I always loved you the most. This and that. Stops and starts crying. She's like, I wish that I was there for your big day. Stops crying. She's like, but I wish you the best. You are the light of my life. Even if you don't want to talk to me, I will always love you. This and that. And I'm like, this woman is a loon. We were in the car. It was me, Tracy, Adam's parents, and Adam's sister. We're in the car on our way to my wedding. She texts me and I read this text out loud. Adam's mom is like, what the fuck? Is she okay? How many times have you told Adam's mom that she is very much not okay? The first night that I met Adam's mom, she was like, so what are the chances that Myra will show up at the wedding? 
So she knew that Myra was a little. Uh, I a think little she bit. knows. I think she knows she's crazy, but I think that she thinks that I'm overplaying the situation. Cause like, I don't ever really tell anybody what happened to me as a kid because, you know, I'm scared. But I think Adam had mentioned something to his mom one time and she was like, no, it couldn't have been that bad. But that's like, no crazy. one that's, understands how crazy she is. That's the thing that's gonna be nice about this podcast is because. We're not making this up. And the thing is, people are going to, that are going through the same thing and are afraid to speak out because it, it sounds made up. It really does. But, you know, this is, this is real. This really, really happened to us. And this is really how she is. Well, and we were at lunch with Adam's mom uh, the day before your wedding or two days before your wedding. I remember she kind of looked at me and she goes, you know, how, how bad really is it? I said, I want you to imagine the worst possible scenarios you can think in your head of what could ever happen to children. And that is life with Myra. It's not my story to tell, but I also don't want to downplay it. Be like, Oh, they were just beaten a little bit here and there. You know, mom dabbled in some drugs, you know, (laughs) just dabbled every day. So I'm not going to say everybody, you know, had a perfect childhood. And I know Adam's mom didn't have a perfect childhood because she tells me all the time. And, but she loves her parents more than anything in the world. Like she would do anything for her mom and dad. So she always tells me, she's like, you know, you only have one mom and dad. And I feel so awful because like, I would like, my dad died, you know, we have Tim, but he's not my dad. He'll never be my dad. He isn't like my dad died when I was 17. I have Myra, but she is when I say like scum of the earth, like she is horrible like the things that like i went through as a child i would never wish on my worst enemy you know getting beaten was probably one of the less severe things that happened to me as a kid like i said it's not my story to tell you guys want to share your story that's why we started this podcast and you know what i was on facebook a couple days ago and a friend of mine had said uh i think casey anthony is really innocent i watched this documentary and I'm reading the comments, you know, whether you think she's innocent or guilty, whatever. And someone said, yes, I just, I just can't imagine a mother would ever do that to their child. And I'm like, really? I'm like, y'all live in a box because I have seen mothers do horrendous things to their children. And that was Myra. I know why you guys still have a part of you that, you know, loves her. I still have, you know, that part of me that loves her. I remember the memories that I have with her. And, but I also have such an immense hatred for her, especially when I started finding out all the things that you guys went through. And when I say immense hatred, like I have immense hatred for her, but I also, you know, going back to Thanksgiving, I remember uh, Krista's speech where, you know, we all said what we were thankful for. And she had said that she was grateful for Myra, not because of who she is, but because she had all of you. And if it wasn't for her, none of you guys would be here. That was really sweet when she said that. Yeah. And I feel the same way as much as I want to hate her and not think anything good of her. She gave me you guys, you know, next episode that we do, my mom's going to come on and my mom's going to talk about what life was like with Myra before any of us were born. And also her side of things, you know, we talked about, you know, how we felt like, you know, she abandoned you guys and, they didn't do enough and whatnot, but she's going to actually come on. And if you guys know my mom, she ain't going to hold back. 
in no way do I like blame your mom anymore. Like I, I don't. And in all honesty, like I know you guys talk about having love. I am numb to Maria. I do not hate her. I do not love her. And now that my younger siblings are no longer in that situation, the only reason I have contact with her is because of Lee's current situation, but she doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I feel like you guys are a, a, like, and not that you shouldn't be, but you guys are kind of hung up on the things she did. I, in order for me to survive, I have tried to like move past a lot of those things in order to like function. Cause if I, if I dwell on, you know, what I went through, then it would make it extremely hard to get out of bed. I'm not saying that I had it worse than anybody at all that's not what i'm saying at all and i'm not downplaying any situation but i had it so bad where like i still hate her but the other day i was driving to work and i had this like sense of relief in my head she's kind of not died but like the idea of her is like gone i don't think about her as much as i used to of course i still like i want a mother figure so bad like i want someone to call and tell them my everyday things that's why i probably call you guys way more than i probably should and like i want to tell them about like my water flosser that I got. Like, I'm so excited about it. Like, and I just wish I had someone to tell those things to. You can like, tell us. First off, you, can- you bitches never answer the phone. I <laughs> want to throw that out there. None of you guys answer the phone. Neither uh, do you. I don't answer the phone either. But, you know, <laughs> like, I, I want a relationship like a mother figure. And that's what I, I kind of do have that with someone else. And it feels so good. But, like, I don't talk to them like I should because I don't want to burden them. Because I've always been, you know, like a burden I thought as a kid. I don't think about her as much as I used to. I don't have like a hatred for her. Like I wish everybody the best, you know, don't like her, don't care for her, but like, I wish everybody the best. Like I don't have, I can't hold this hatred into my heart because that would. It weighs you down. Exactly. Like like Echo said, it does. Like, you know, we all went through traumatic stuff and this is going to be the first time that we've really, really, really dug into things that we've buried in our trauma chest because. I know there's a lot that she did to me that I had, you have to kind of, you're never going to forget, but you have to forgive at a certain point because all it's going to do is weigh you down and ruin your life. And you, you know, you have to, in a way, move past it. You'll never fully move past it. I'm always going to, I can still hear her and her voice saying the things that she said to me and the things that she did to me and everything. But at a certain point, you do have to kind of, put it on the back burner like it didn't happen in order for you to move on for me i romanticize the myra of the past but the myra of today is also dead to me and like i like when you said that you you know feel like she died like that's how i feel i don't communicate with her i don't talk to her she's just gone you know you say echoes loyal i am loyal to a Like I will do anything for anyone and I will make excuses for anyone a million times. But when you cross a certain line with me and I cut you off, I'm done. When I'm done, I am done. And that's how I feel with Myra. I feel like no matter how fun the memories of the past were, it doesn't make up for all the shit that she did. And as an adult looking back, you know, I have my stepchildren. I look at it and say, how the fuck could you ever you can't do even fathom. like that? You can't even fathom doing that to your children. I could say like, for sure, what happened to me as a kid, like, I don't wish that on anybody, but like the good parts of her, like, I, like, I want that for like, when I have kids, I don't have kids right now, 
But when I do have kids, like I want to be fun. I want to go on vacation every year. I want to be their Myra that I, that I never had. I feel like you guys are romanticizing her a little too much. Well, but see, I had a different childhood too. Like Ashley said earlier, I had two different Myras. So I, I know like we did go on vacation all the time and stuff. Like you were little, we, you did go on some vacations when you guys were little, but not with Myra. Aunt Kathy was taking you guys places. I will say that I want to be like Aunt Kathy and Aunt Charlotte because I want to show my children when I do have kids, the world, like I want them to know how important they are. And I chose to have them. I want them to know that like, you know, the world is hard, but as a mother, I think all mothers should tell their children, like, I want to do anything to, to make it easier for you. I think that's what mothers are supposed to do. And I never had that. I always had a very hard life. It felt like I always wanted a mother, but to make it easier on me, but I never had that. And I want, when I do have children, I want to be that person. And I think you will be, you guys say like, I'm a little bit like Myra or I'm a little bit like my mom. Maybe it's just in our genetics that we're all that goofy, crazy, silly, fun. I hate to say it, but we all have a little bit of Myra in us, unfortunately. Me the most probably. But I think, but it's, it's like we said before, the Myra who was sober, the Myra who was pre-Eric's death and all that, Mm -hmm. like those personality traits, my mom has them too. And so maybe it's parts of my mom that were in Myra, you know, you don't know, but regardless, you will be that type of mom and you will give that type of love. And I think you'll give it better than a lot of moms out there because you know what it's like to grow up without it. And you know what you have to do to make a conscious effort to make sure that that child of yours never has to go through or wonder or feel the way that you did. So, and I have every ounce of confidence in that. I'm not having children anytime soon, probably like five years from now. I'm still really young and I want to set my children up for success. Like I want to be in a place where I can give my children the absolute world. Like I want to be like all of you guys. I think that you guys are great mothers. I look up to you guys in that sense. Like obviously I don't have children, you know, and I'm not having them in for a while. But like when I think of great mothers, I think of you guys. I think of Aunt Kathy. I think of other people. And I think that that's what I want to be like. Amber, like you are great to your kids. I don't know how to explain it. Like you have a friendship with them, but you're also their mom. Echo would give her baby the absolute world if she could. If she could take her shirt off her back to give to that baby, she would. And well, you, she could. she could. But like if she had to, she would. Echo would give that baby the world if she like needed to. And Ashley, you did not birth those children, but it sure does feel like you did. Like you cry. I think that like. You plan activities for them. Like you are fun and you care about those children. Like, like you did birth them. And I, if you hadn't told me you didn't, I mean, I know you didn't, but I would think that you did. Like you love the girls more than you love yourself. Those are your babies. I and agree. Like, I think that you guys are all great mothers. And I think that I look up to you guys when I do have children, like you guys are who I want to be like. I was going to say, you know, Autumn, you did tell the people at Costco that I was your mother. So I will take <laughs> that role We'll never on. say that C word in my house ever. That's C- I will go to the fucking grave and I will hate them. I, I was going to buy a membership the other day. You better fucking not. 
everybody better get rid of theirs. I love, I love Costco. Autumn you has don't say the word into that story another time, but uh, Autumn does not like Costco. But I will say, Autumn comes in here shaking his head. He's like, I just don't understand why you're still mad at Costco. <laughs> okay, real quick, I actually am going to tell this story real quick because I know Echo has to go to sleep because she has to work the night shift. Autumn in a nutshell, hates Costco because they would not sell her pies without a membership. I came in there. No, listen, listen. I came in there and I had Ashley's membership pulled up, right? And it was on my phone and I tried to scan it. And I was like, hey, like I'm getting married tomorrow. Like I need to buy this. I told you when I screenshot my membership card, I said, it says this will not be used or scanned in a store. But listen, I was in there and another person was like, hey, like, let me use your, like, let her use my membership. And they basically said, your money's no good here. And I was pissed. I said, okay. And I pushed back this cart filled with pies, probably like $500 worth because we went to Sam's Club right after that. Cause we do have a Sam's Club membership and I am a loyal Sam's Club person now. <laughs> the woman was so rude to me. And I was explaining the situation and the other woman in front of me was like, let her use mine. Like, and she was basically like, your money's no good here. I was pissed. I walked out there. I said, fine, put all this shit back yourself. Then I was so pissed off. And Adam was like, okay, don't make a scene and walks me out there like super fast. And I curse that. A lunatic. I am a lunatic. (laughs) I don't care. I hate them more than I hate anybody right now. And until they send me a written apology, I will hate Costco. A written apology for their store policies that are clearly posted that you have to shop there with a membership. The whole reason of having a membership is so that you can shop there. Yeah, I would be mad if I was if I was paying a membership somewhere (laughs) and they were just letting random people off the streets just come in and buy five hundred dollars worth of pie. Then why am I paying X amount for a membership? Exactly. Yeah, I pay like a hundred dollars a year for my membership. Is me sick. too. Listen to me. <laughs> Sam's Club is so much better. The pies that we got were delicious. And you know what? I'll rock my son or our Sam's Club membership until the day we die. <laughs> oh my god, you're a mess. I love- well, before we went down this rabbit hole, what I was gonna tell you is that you can always call me or text me when you want to brag about your water flosser. You're never a burden. None of you are. I love talking to you guys. We should do this without even doing a podcast. We should just FaceTime each other every single day. I agree with that. I honestly am on board. Let's do it. Zach would probably like pull his hair out. (laughs) You know what? I know I'm Zach's favorite and he can't even tell me otherwise. I think Eric, I think my Eric is Zach's favorite. I think so too. I think your Eric is also my favorite for sure. (laughs) Your Eric has made my Zach listen to rich roles i'm gonna tell eric he's gonna be so so happy i can just see his face now listen i told uh ashley about this thing that happened at the wedding about this little like this young woman having a crush on eric and ashley was like why would you say that now his head is gonna get bigger than it is oh no he literally he after autumn told me that this young lady found him attractive he was like well how many other women like what else did they say did they I'm like, it was just one, just one. He's like, are you sure? Like, like, did, did, did maybe she have friends? They, they agree. Like was an agreement thing. Like, oh my God. Dude, Eric is the funny one for sure. <laughs> after spending an afternoon with you guys after the wedding, Eric is a hundred percent the funniest person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He is pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you guys. And we'll, uh, next time we have my mom on. Ooh, love you. So I really Ooh. better watch what I say. 
Okay. All right. Well, I'll see you guys next week. I love you guys. Love you. Love you too. Love you, love you. See you next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Wicked Awesome Sisters podcast and that it gave you a sneak peek into our Wicked Awesome Sisterhood. Next week, we'll pick up right where we left off. To stay in the loop and catch us when our next episode drops, you can subscribe to this channel. For our family tree diagram and more fun facts and photos, you can follow us on Instagram at Wicked Awesome Sisters. Till next time, stay wicked. Wicked awesome, that is.